Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 47, SummerSlam 1990. The heat returns. It's hot. It was getting chilly out here. Yeah. I'm glad it's back. Is it middle of the, is August, middle of the summer? August 27th? That sounds like a hot day. It just, it does sound like a hot day. Uh-huh. I mean, in Oklahoma, it would definitely be... A hot day. Yeah, 105. Probably. <laughs> Humid <least>. as hell. <laughs> yeah. SummerSlam 1990s, the third annual SummerSlam produced by the WWF. The event took place on August 27th at the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Going to a Philly crowd. Wild and rambunctious. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty big Philly crowd. 19,000. 304. So it's a lot of people. Lots and lots of people. What else is going on around uh, August 27th? I have a feeling you might tell me. Ice, ice, baby. Boom, 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 boom. Vanilla Ice is to the extreme. Light up a candle. I don't remember the rest of the Oh, I mean, I mean, I know I that. I just know that one song. Do you know any other Vanilla Ice songs? Gosh, Not the, tur- the turtle I, I, song doesn't count. No, when the turtle. There's another song on the to the extreme album that uh, I know, but I. Blanking on it at the moment, so, so do you know guess I'm gonna go no. Then. <laughs> but that album was released the same weekend as SummerSlam. Cool. And the movies Dark Man and Minute Work would be released in the theaters as What's well. Minute Work. Minute Work was Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Uh, I've never seen that playing garbage men. I know the. Uh, I cover. think you would really like that movie. I'm down to check it out. You know what's crazy? I love Sam Raimi. Yeah. Haven't seen Darkman. I totally put this movie here because I was like... He's probably is, the Sam Raimi guy. This is totally a, a Michael, Michael movie. movie. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen Darkman. It's been on my list for a long time. Maybe I'll watch Darkman tomorrow. I have never seen Darkman myself. Yeah. I'm a superhero guy, so... Yeah. Are you a Sam Raimi guy? I like most of his stuff. Yeah, I'm a big, big Evil Dead 2 guy. I mean, I like all of them, but Evil Dead 2 and I think Drag Me to Hell is an underrated Drag fucking masterpiece. It's like the closest thing to a to a, a like early well to, to a like to a Evil Dead like type Sam Raimi movie that I think we're ever gonna get again, and it was amazing we got it in the first place. One of the best movie going experiences I've ever had was a packed theater the weekend Drag Me to Hell came out. Me and uh, a mutual friend, we were, Connor, my our, our friend, mm-hmm. we went and saw the theater, and the crowd was like eating it up. People were it was one of those things where like people were reacting to the movie. Like laughing, like yelling, you know, yeah. jumping, but it, everybody was like in it. It wasn't like anybody was being annoying, and it was like a really packed crowd for Drag Me to Hell of all things. And I guess that's when people went to movies, so it was a little different. But like, yeah, we were like, it was still to this day one of the best movie going experiences I've ever had just because like everybody was into the movie, everybody was enjoying themselves, and everybody like, everybody was like just all on the same wavelength. It was great. I mean, Along those same uh, wavelength, yeah. One of my favorite movie-going experiences is a Sam Raimi film as well. Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man, the okay. original, 
but me and a group of friends went opening weekend to see it. We ended up getting tickets like on like the fourth row or something like that. So yeah, we went, you were close. We were close for for this movie. We were on like the like probably about the fourth row, but like on the like far left side. So we didn't even have a great a great view, yeah. and it was still an amazing experience. And when Spider Man takes off swinging through New York, everybody was like. You could just, just like, feel it. I was just like, this is why I love movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is why I love superheroes. I was like, oh, this It was so like awesome. one of the first times you really got like that superhero like money shot. That, yeah. Where it's like actually like good and to it. Because like the X-Men movies were before that, the first X-Men movie, right? Yeah. But it's, it just kind of, it didn't look, they didn't look like the X-Men. No, like, like they, they wear the black some, and silver and yeah, stuff they, like that. They wear the black uniforms yeah. and stuff. But like Spider Man looks like Spider Man. Spider Man can't not wear the Spider Man costume. That's right. It would Unless look terrible. Venoms. The X Men they kind of did more of a they met it in the middle. Exactly. And here they didn't meet it in the middle. Sam Raimi went full Spider Man. Except for having Tobey Maguire as Peter yeah, Parker. I mean, yeah, but you know. Puts the mask on, doesn't look like Tobey Maguire, you're good. But he didn't joke around. That's the problem. Oh yeah, that I haven't the, watched that was, those. That was the only issue with the those original. I haven't watched those in forever. I remember that I really liked the second one, and I never saw the third one. The first two are the only two you need to see. I know that. The third one was trash because they decided. I've seen parts of it on like TV, like HBO and stuff. Because they decided to to describe to you how Peter Parker feels when he has Venom is to make him jive dance down the street. Oh, I've seen that clip, of course. And it's just like, what? But what, like, so that's pretty great that we both have had that experience with Sam Raimi. So maybe we need to watch Darkman. Put it on your list. A Darkman minute work double feature sounds like a fun time to me. It really does. Maybe we should both watch Darkman and minute work before our our next show. And we'll do a mini episode just talking about that. We could. Definitely could. Or maybe that's a terrible idea and we should talk about SummerSlam. But we're going to do that anyway. <laughs> we're going to start right now. Vince McMahon with narration over a video package <sighs> showing the double main event. Before it's the lo- summer. I can't do a Vince McMahon. I want to. I should work on it. Before the logo comes on the screen. I love the Vince way narration. This, this pack, the way the package, like after the video package, turns into a, a circle and then frisbees out away from the screen. Like... A frisbee is a summer thing, like a beach thing, and I was like, "This is the like I the intelligence." Like, yeah, realize that the intelligence of that was like, and just I was like, "That was so smart and so cool," and like just like, "Oh, cool!" Like, you know, was, we could do a star fade or whatever, but here they like did this frisbee fade, and I thought it was great. I played a lot of uh, frisbee in high school. I smoked a lot of weed and played a lot of frisbee, so I noticed the frisbee for Ultimate sure. Frisbee? No, just we just threw frisbee. frisbee. Golf? We had a game that we created. We played a lot of frisbee golf too, but we had a game that we created that I'm not going to tell you about. But it was kind of like frisbee tennis and involved a large basketball court. But we had like 40 people that we went to school with that all knew the game. It was called Frenis. Sounds like a blast. <laughs> so I noticed the frisbee logo. It was really cool, and I can't do a Vince McMahon. But then Vince and Roddy Piper welcome us to SummerSlam. I've never been disappointed. To see Roddy Piper, except for you know the blackface thing, but put that in the past. But <sighs> Jesse's not hearing you, man. And Gorilla's not here. No, like Jesse's gone, gone. Yeah, Jesse's gone, gone. Is Gorilla gone, gone, or is he Gorilla's like Gorilla's still in the company? I think they're just 
I think Vince is wanting to do more announcing. Yeah. Sell the product a little bit more. I, I need, want my Gino. I don't know. He may be a Gino, Gino Piper? I mean, Bob, like, the brain probably can't be on it. He's on, he's like everybody's manager. He has to be there soon, because... I hope Roddy's not around oh, much longer. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll pepper some of that those feelings throughout yeah, the show. Exactly. Or you'll notice how much we don't talk about the commentary. But the crowd is cheering for Piper. Yeah, how could you not, Roddy? Because it's still Roddy. Roddy. And then the crowd is hot. Vince tells us this first match should be a humdinger. Oh yeah, it's a good McMahon word there. Humdinger, you. humdinger sounds more like some Jr. shit. But that sounds. A, but it's a Vince word. Humdinger sounds pretty southern, for our our uh, our Connecticut uh, bodybuilder. So our first match is the Rockers of Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels versus Power and Glory. Yeah. Of Hercules and Paul Roma, mm-hmm. with Slick as their manager, and the story. There was a story behind this match. Mm-hmm. It was that Roma had been attacked by Dino Bravo. The strongest the, man in the world? Exactly. He's, the no, it's not Doug, it wasn't Doug Furness. It was Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo, okay. yeah. And Jesse's not here to put him over. Exactly. The Rockers then came down to help out Paul, but Paul wanted no help and began to argue with Sean and Marty. Hercules would then come out to help calm things down, only to side with Roma, and the duo would go after the Rockers. All right. It's good storytelling. Yeah, right? yeah. So the last time we saw Paul Roma was actually at Survivor Series 1988. So it's been a little while. He was part of the Young Stallions at that point. Yeah. And that was episode 22. And so he what did he think he just left left for left the company for a while? You think he'd been, uh, he was just basically a jobber for job into the quite, stars, yeah. quite, quite some time, but put a little heat under him added add Hercules needed to do something new cuz uh, Yeah, he yeah, it's, his it's face not... work was not working. So turn him heel, sure. Let Roma come along. I mean, the name of the name of the tag team is pretty good. I like Power and yeah, Power and Glory is a pretty good name. Pretty good name. But Power and Glory attack before the Rockers even make it to the ring with Hercules smashing Michael's knee with his chain. Ugh. Rough. Roma then continues the attack on Janetti in the ring, goes for an Irish whip that is reversed, but Roma leaps up and over a charging Marty. It's kind of crazy that Hercules wasn't always a heel considering he came to the ring with a chain. I guess Junkyard wasn't either. But it's like you got a big old chain and you're a big old guy. Just hit him with the chain. Exactly. You know, you're a heel. Unless you're Hulk Hogan or something. Paul then charges in with an elbow, which Janetti moves out of the way of to deliver a hip toss. Another hip toss to Herc. And then even more hip tosses to Power and Glory. Welcome to Hip Toss City. Hercules and Roma surround Marty when Paul goes for a crossbody. But Janetti ducks and Herc catches Roma, and then Marty delivers a double drop kick, double noggin knocker to the team. Janetti's fighting away, but the double team becomes too much until Power and Glory toss him to the ropes, but they both duck their head. And like Michaels is still selling on the floor, right? Yes. He's out. He is Okay, I just wanted to make sure everybody knows. Like the chain, he didn't just hit him in the knee with the chain. He hit him in the knee with a chain. And, like, Marty Jannetty is uh, out there on his own. Marty kicks her, goes for an inside cradle on Roma, but Slick has the attention of the ref, and then Hercules makes the save. Herc is punching away on Jannetty, goes for a clothesline, but a back body drop by Marty sends him to the floor. Sean has finally made it back to his feet, 
and he has to use the ropes to climb to the apron. But Hercules comes over and knocks him right back to the floor. Hell yeah. Roma's firing away now in the ring. Irish whips Janetti hard into the turnbuckle. Another toss to the ropes, but Marty comes back with a sunset flip. But a blind tag to Herc saves the near fall. Now it's Paul's turn to kick Michaels to keep him from climbing to the apron. Fun little uh, gimmick there. Tag you in. Go take care of the guy outside. Yeah, get get the cheap shot. Hercules with a press slam, body slam, but Marty reverses into a pin attempt, but another blind tag. Roma with multiple backbreakers. Janetti reverses an Irish whip to hit a power slam. Super kick to Hercules and goes to the top rope to hit a flying fist, but again, Herc breaks up the pin. Paul tosses Marty to the ropes and goes for a body slam, but but Janetti floats over, goes for an O'Connor roll, but Herc hits him with a lariat to knock Marty down. Power and glory, double press slam. Hercules with a clothesline, then hits a powerplex, which is a superplex, followed by a top rope splash by Roma. Oh yeah, that was great looking. For the pin and And the the win. win. This is pretty great. It was a fun starter, considering that Janetti had to do the bump, whole thing. Like, like I, crazy. I assume that Michaels was actually hurt. Yes, his knee was actually hurt, and he couldn't have wrestled at all. Yeah, you, if you pay close enough attention when they're walking out to the ring, he's actually limping. Yeah, at that point, because nobody can actually sell a <laughs> because you can you can sell a limp, but there's nothing like an actual limp. Exactly. But uh, yeah, like this was. A nice hot start, big spots, Janetti fucking killing it. And we didn't have to cancel a match because of an injury. They just used it no. as a and it's like, yeah, they lost, but like of course they lost. There was only one guy in the match. Exactly. It was fine. This is the kind of this is a great way to start a show. Great way. Post match power and glory continue the beat down of both rockers until the refs can restore the peace. And we see Michaels being placed on a stretcher to be taken to the back. Yeah, he, the stretcher part's pretty funny because he's like, it seems like he's kind of not having it or whatever. It's really weird. It's like, it's like whoever's using the stretcher probably doesn't thing. know how to use the stretcher. They probably rented it from Stretchers R Us. Sean Mooney's then in the back with Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan. Perfect says, I have a perfect body, a perfect mind, and a perfect record. Unfortunately, that's not true. I was like, wait a second. And why you is that? Lost a beefcake. Yeah, which is at WrestleMania six, which I'm still upset about, and I will be forever. And I think everybody's upset about. And we'll talk about more why it's even more upsetting. Okay. Later, Mooney then asks him if it's wise to take a challenge from someone you know so little about. Heenan responds with, "They call you the Texas Tornado because you have your head in the clouds, and if you have your head in the clouds, it means your feet are on the ground." A Texas tornado never does any damage because you can spot one coming a mile away. They may look ferocious, but all they are good for is kicking up some dust. And my wife, who is usually sitting there with me while I'm watching these shows, (laughs) would like to let everyone know that is scientifically incorrect. I mean, yeah. We also live in Oklahoma, so we know some stuff about tornadoes. We know a few things about tornadoes. But still a good promo. It was still a good promo. Yes. Bobby Heenan. Also, they let us know that nobody meets beats Mr. Perfect. Nobody. Except for the barber. I know. It's, it's just like, yeah, come on, guys. You you messed it up. You can't ha- let him, you can't have him say that. I mean, like, I guess they can 
it's kind of a heel thing to just, just keep saying say that you're the perfect. best. Yeah, like, but still, just let him be, Mister. Mean Gene's then with the Texas tornado, and he lets uh-huh. us know that tornadoes are powerful, unpredictable, and devastating, which I felt was more scientifically correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he also is a Texas boy. He is a Texas boy. He's a, he's a Von Eric. And Mean Gene says he's impressed. Let's get to that Why second not? match. I mean, yeah, Kerry Von Eric. Mr. Impressive per- looking guy. Mr. Perfect with Bobby the Brain Heenan versus the Texas Tornado for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And the story behind this match was that Brutus the Barber Beefcake had pinned Mr. Perfect at WrestleMania. Also, the Warrior, being a double champion, had to relinquish the IC title yeah. after his win. So a tournament was held and Perfect ended up winning. He would also cause Beefcake to be eliminated with interference. So they were supposed to have another face-off at SummerSlam. Which, if that had happened, maybe the win at WrestleMania would have made more sense because Perfect could have gotten his heat back. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. But, over the July 4th weekend, Mm -hmm. real-life tragedy struck. Beefcake would be injured in a parasailing accident Oh, that would shatter his jaw and nose. I've heard about this, but I didn't realize that's why... What, what, yeah, yeah he, he his face got wrecked. Yes, and he was out of wrestling for at least three or four years. Yeah, basically put his career to bed. As a result, Perfect had no opponent. But Texas Tornado would make the challenge nine days prior. Yeah, and Perfect would accept. You know what would have been great is if the show was, like, in Texas. But, I mean, honestly, it probably wouldn't have worked in Texas at the time. Maybe. Maybe not. But it's not like WWF later on where it's, like, the kind of... It's that in WCW. But, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't. They don't They do not do any shows. Like, there's no WWF shows in Texas at this time. They're not anywhere near there. At this time? Yeah. No, so, it's yeah, but it's, like, you know, that there... They're got a pop. N- global, but they're still just running shows, basically. In their territory. In their territory. Yeah. They just have everybody, and they have the TV. So the champ comes out first. Foreshadowing. <laughs> the announcers actually do recognize Texas Tornado as Kerry Von Erich, which uh-huh. kind of shocked me a little bit. And we last saw him at AWA Super Clash 3, which was episode 23. Him and Lawler... Mm. For the, the the belts there, which was a fun match. It was yeah, really totally. good. I do remember that one. Was that before he lost his leg? No, it was after. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. But, What's but, weird is like, okay, sorry. No, they, he was really like ashamed of not having a leg, and like the TV audience knows doesn't no, doesn't know that. But like, technically know you know that. how incredible it would have been if like he just fucking owned it and was like, this is how I can work in the ring with one leg. He could have been like an incredibly fun baby face because he works better in the ring than a lot of guys with like a peg leg and without making it a cartoon gimmick, you could have him be this incredible But in the WWE, do you think he wouldn't have been made a cartoon character? No, I don't. But like, you know, it is a thing. They would have made him carry Vaughn Eric the pirate. Yes, unfortunately. But I mean, like, if, like, that is a thing where it's like, oh shit, like, this could, because he can still work, like, be pretty fucking incredible. 
and it's just kind of a shame that you know all the von Erics are fucking dead. Well, there's there's one alive. The two lock up early, but Tornado uses his power to shove Perfect to the corner, but Perfect comes back with multiple hip tosses. Tornado reverses an Irish whip before hitting a hip toss, a body slam, and a clothesline to send Perfect to the floor. Back in the ring, Tornado begins to wear Perfect down with an arm wrench until a right hand helps Perfect escape. Snapmare, jumping neck snap, tossed to the corner before locking on the sleeper by Perfect, but Tornado makes it to the ropes to break it. But Perfect continues with slaps and chops until Von Eric has had enough. Tornado with the double leg takedown catapults Perfect into the ring post. Posted. Locks on the claw, hits the discus punch for the pin. And, and the win. win. And Mr. Not-So-Perfect. <laughs> and new. Sorry, and new. I just, I can't believe. I was, I was not ready for that. It definitely was a surprising moment. Yeah, I did pop for the uh, claw. I mean, I'm sure you did. We, we like the claw when it's done properly. <laughs> yeah, when it's done. I mean, like, the claw is Carrie Von Eric thing. It's like, that's why Lance Archer a lot. But it's like, that's why Lance Archer does it. As a Texas, as a Texas man, exactly. You say you really like this match, but I felt like it was, I it was way too rushed. It was rushed, but I think I was just like not expecting it, so I had a lot of fun, and then I didn't expect the the way that it ended. And then I'm, we're talking about it. I'm like, wow, not really anything happened here, and I'm like, I guess happened. it wasn't good. I think I was just like tornado, basically, like yeah, he starts no selling slops and yeah. uh, slaps and chops, yeah, and then. Catapults perfect, mm-hmm. which is a perfect spot that he pr- pretty much does in yeah. every match, and then wins the match. And it's just like I think I was oh. just excited to see Kerry Von Eric in the match. Was excited because there was a title change, and I wasn't expecting it. Was excited for the claw. I think, and I think it was just like a quick match. Like it was like oh, like a quick thing to pop you, but it was for the IC title, so it should not have been that quick pop. So like I guess I had a. I had a lot of fun, but in hindsight, you know, in hindsight, it's not, you got to see this. I, I don't feel like it's a match that you have to go watch. I feel like that these guys could put on a, could have a really great match together because they're both great I workers. Mean, I think this match literally went maybe three minutes, six minutes, six maybe? minutes. If you give them 10, I feel like this match would have been really, really good. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I guess I was just excited because it was, Pretty quick and exciting, you know. I title see change, that. seeing tech, t- seeing Carrie Von Eric, seeing what, seeing the call. Yeah, Mr. Perfect had already been sullied. He'd already been done dirty. So like, why not why just do him dirty again? Unfortunately, kind of. That's how I was like, well, whatever. Mean Gene's in in the back, and he tells us that he planned to talk to Sapphire, but it seems like she can't be found. And this is a running storyline we'll have through the entire show. Yeah, where's Sweet Saf? And then Heenan and Perfect interrupt, and they're yelling about the officials, which I don't know what they had to yell about, because you got pinned, one, yeah, two, three. Yeah, they did. You know, like, I mean, because you got to yell about something. And if anybody's going to yell about being done dirty, might as well be Bobby Heenan. Third match, we have Queen Sensational Sherry versus Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sapphire was already in the ring or something, but she's not. But Sherry has a bizarre black mask on with cat makeup. It's not a mask. It's just like, well, I mean, it's a... She had a black mask oh, over, over her, that over her cat makeup. Okay. And then they start announcing Sapphire. Yeah. But she never comes out to the ring. 
So the sherry finally convinces the ref to start start the count, and we get a ten count, and Sherry wins wins the match. Yeah, yeah. Thirty seconds are a forfeit. Twenty, blah blah blah. And ten nine like, eight. Thanks WWF for wasting five minutes. Yeah, but Sherry takes the mic. I mean, she does like start yelling and screaming. Yes, she could yell and scream all day, and I am quite the fan. But she, did she not have a promo earlier before this? Or is all her promos later in the show? All her promos are later. Man. They're incredible, by the way. Mean Gene's then in the locker room with Dusty Rhodes. And Gene's like, I saw you and Sapphire arrive earlier. Do, uh-huh. do you know where she is? And Dusty said, she disappeared 10 minutes after we arrived. And then Hacksaw, run, Hacksaw Jim Duggan runs in. And Rhodes asked him if he had seen her. <laughs> Everyone's still looking for her. And he just runs off. I was like, okay, runs, Hacksaw. And Dusty tells us that Sapphire, she's the happiest she's ever been. Mm-hmm. She starts, he starts naming off a bunch of stuff like rings, coats, coats cruises. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder. I mean, is the common man buying her rings? He does talk about. It. He's like, you know, I don't get into people's business. Mean Gene then says, "I'm reminded that she said she would be receiving the biggest gift of all here at SummerSlam." good storytelling yeah like yeah it. it's fun i mean shit we, we, know where, can... we know where it's going everyone knows where it's going yeah dusty can talk all day though exactly and like he talks right into the camera here and like these are some clean some of the more crispy like dusty promos because even dusty sloppy is incredible but like these are pretty uh pinpoint so we're gonna head off to our fourth match the warlord with slick versus tito santana and Warlord starts off using his power, getting Tito into the corner, and goes for a clothesline. But Santana moves and starts peppering in right hands. Which, Roddy Piper wants us to know that he's not going to stoop to calling him a taco bender or a bean eater. Like some other people? <laughs> yes. Although he, you know, says something about a lot of gas, but I mean, I could go on a taco bender. Tito's running the ropes, hits an elbow drop and multiple drop kicks to send Warlord to the floor. Warlord back in and after some arm work by Tito, hits a body slam and goes for a running elbow drop. But Santana moves and comes off the ropes with a Thez press, but Warlord catches him. Tito's punching down on the top of the head to finally taking to the mat, but Warlord kicks out by throwing Tito through the ropes to the floor. Warlord follows out, rams Santana's back into the ring post. Slick sneaking over, but the ref stops him, so Warlord hits a clubbing forearm across the back before rolling him back into the ring. More forearms across the back, double axe handles, Irish whip to the corner, and Warlord charges into a boot by Tito, and then Santana charges out with a clothesline. Tito's sent to the ropes, ducks a clothesline, comes back with a flying forearm for the one, two. Hmm. Warlord gets his foot on the ropes? <laughs> Crazy. Santana's arguing with the ref, goes for a monkey flip on Warlord, but he holds on to the rope, so Tito just goes flying to the mat. Warlord picks him up, hits the running power slam for the pin and the win. Squash or nut squash? Uh, it's... Squash-ish. It's like, it's good squash. Because it's like, oh, like, Tito does all the shit, but Warlord's... You know, he's Warlord is. We're building like, Warlord up. Yeah, we're building Warlord up, and like he gets stuff in, but like Warlord is in like full on LOD gear. Like he comes out in like 
crazy LOD stuff. And the thing is, like, Tito, it's really kind of impossible for Tito to look bad in a match. He's going to throw those flying forearms, and he hits the ropes well. He's just, he's Tito Santana. He's just all around. He's just well-rounded guy. This is kind of like Great American Bash type thing, where it's like, oh, like, the it's a little more squash than those early old guy matches. But, yeah. like, you know, he's still putting over the Warlord. But it's not quite Vader. It's not a Vader, it's not <laughs> no. a Vader squash. But we then get an ad for Survivor Series that's shown. And then yeah, I die him. a little inside when I see the little Kokomo. Because you know it's coming. Because I know I have to watch it. Sean Mooney's then in the back with Demolition. And we have a new addition to Demolition. Crush. Crush has joined them. They then run through all the combinations they could send out to the ring. Oh, you want to go through them? As Demolition is using the Freebird rule in their title defenses. X and Smash. Smash. And I'm already confused. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to go through <laughs> so them. I know. <laughs> Mooney then tells them, if you win tonight, the next team in your path would be Legion of Doom. And how did LOD get to the top spot? By being LOD? Pretty much. Yeah. And crush. They do talk about how they, like their LODs imposters. Yeah, second rate imposters. Crush, crush says they're just a bunch of second rate imposters. Which I, I like, rolled my eyes at hard. Like, or demolition? Are you the second rate imposters? Yeah. Mean Gene's Come in on. in the locker room with the Heart Foundation. Mean Gene says you didn't know until right now who the two members of Demolition were going to be, who you would face. And Brett says we thought it would be the original and most experienced members. And Anvil, they don't pay me to think. <laughs> God, Anvil's laugh. They pay That's me a to, pretty good Anvil laugh. They pay me to be tough like an Anvil. <laughs> it never mattered to me because I just don't care. <laughs> God damn. So after the heart attack, we're going to give you, you'll be buying pacemakers by the truckload. <laughs> Jesus. I hate, I kind of hate Anvil's laughing. I mean, it's, it's fun when he does it. So bad. Like, it's... It is, it is what it is, I man. mean, me making fun of it is funnier than <laughs> him. <laughs> I, yeah. And then Bret Hart says, just like Phil Collins says, what we have here are two hearts beating as one. Weird thing to say, Bret Hart. Do you have any clue what song he's referring to? I don't think so. Because the reason is, because the actual lyric is... Song is that? It's uh, called Two Hearts. Yeah, I mean, I'm not uh, a Phil Collins expert by any means, but that's funny that he got the lyrics wrong. You've and it's like, I'm sure I have. I know, I know Phil Collins songs. You, you've heard it, I yeah. promise. And then, as it's going to the ring, man says, "I can't imagine two hearts beating as one." It was just like, what does that? Did mean? you just like totally diss his promo completely? Yeah, and like, what does that even mean? Like, well, I can't believe that. I know. Like, it's like, I've never had an emotional connection with anybody on this planet. <laughs> it's like, it's a sentiment, Vince. Headed off to the fifth match. We got Demolition of Smash and Crush versus the Heart Foundation of Brett the Hitman Heart and Jim Anvil Neidhart. <laughs> I, I tried to do the laugh. <laughs> I can't commit. It's too, much. it's too hard for me to commit. And I can't I commit to... Imitations? Yeah. Uh, what's the other word for it? Why can't I even think of that? Fucking crazy idiots. Yeah, because yeah, well. I, I made you blank. 
impersonations. Imp- yeah, impressions. Impressions. <laughs> We're crazy idiots. I have a hard time with committing to impersonations. It's like maybe I could do them, but just I don't gotta think. believe in them, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's why the That's Ultimate hard. Warrior is so much fun. Hulk Hogan. And this match is a two out of three falls match for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Which was crazy because I somehow didn't catch that because I feel like the commentary is either mixed low or it's bad so I can't pay attention to it. It's a little bit of both. Okay, cool. I actually... It was hard for me to hear. I don't remember if... I think Finkel like said at the very beginning yeah. when he started announcing it, but the, the music Well, sometimes for, it's like the... The ADR music, the music they add later because sometimes yeah, it was, yeah. I, it was on top of it. So like yeah. I, it's like yeah, that's the thing with these hear some of these said. shows. Like oh, they'll put the music in and then you can't really hear because the commentators because they're just like smashing in music a decade decades later yeah. on top of it. But uh, I after the first fall, I thought it was over. And then I was like, oh, they're like oh, first of fall, and I was like, all right, <laughs> cool. I guess I, was, I guess I'll keep watching this. So the champions come out first, foreshadowing. I mean, I don't know, maybe. Only two members of Demolition are allowed at the ring. Why do they do that? Why do they do what? Champions come out first. Why do they ever do that? I have no clue. It's one of the most annoying things. It's fucking stupid. Because I feel like if I were to go back and every time that I have mentioned it, there probably was a title change. The thing is, is like, even, like, I understand that you want the person that's more over... To go out second, but if that person that's more over is going to win the title, they're going to be coming out second for a while anyway because you put the title on them. It's fucking stupid. Leave leave them alone for one match. Yeah, it's like, but they're hot. It's like, dude, let them be the underdog for a second. Only two members of Demolition are allowed at the ring, so Axe is going to stay in the back, right? I mean, yeah. It's what he's supposed to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, but did they come out to... Uh, I mean, I guess they do. I'm the crush. <laughs> you are the smasher. They may have changed World music. Demolition. Or did they even have music? Fucking ass smashers. I don't know. I don't remember. Smash and Brett start us off getting locked up in a tug of war. And then Amble runs in to knock Crush out of the ring. And the foundation hits a double team back elbow. Heart with the headbutt and floats over a body slam attempt by Smash. Trying for an Okada roll. For a two count and then an arm drag. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Vince is then saying it's impossible to tell the difference between the two members of Demolition. Yeah, oh sure, Vince. Is it Vince? One of them's like a foot taller. Well, just even between Axe and Smash, is it? Is no, it tough they, to they tell both have long. No, one's big and tan, and one's less big and exactly. less tan. Foundations working on the arm of Smash with hammerlocks, arm wrenches, but Smash escapes with a scoop slam. Crush with a body slam, goes for a jumping knee drop, but Brett moves, hits a headbutt, and starts running the ropes. Where he ducks a head, where he ducks a clothesline, comes back with a crossbody, but Crush catches him and drops him with a body slam. Irish whip by Crush charges in, but Hitman gets a boot up to gain a moment of reprieve. But Crush goes up to pick him up, but Hart reverses into a small package for a near fall. Anvil's in, running the ropes, hits a shoulder tackle on Smash, goes back to running the ropes, but Crush gets a boot up into the back from the apron. Crush with an Irish whip of Neidhart charges in, but Anvil charges out of the corner with a clothesline. 
Smashing Brett trading blows, Hitman with a clothesline, takes Crush down with a drop kick, mounted punches back on Smash, feels Crush behind him, so he jumps off into a Thez press. Yes, into the mounted punches. And gives mounted punches to him until he feels Smash come from behind, Mm -hmm. turns and hits an inverted atomic drop on him, (sighs) smashing his head into the turnbuckle before tossing Smash into Crush in the middle of the ring to send Crush to the outside. A Russian leg sweep by Hart, and we get a two count. 2.9 count. So it's pretty long. But I love the Thez thres press into the mounted punch so much. I don't know why, but I love it. It was good. And the crowd pops for that almost three count. It's a pretty pretty lofty two count for sure. A backbreaker, second rope fist drop, another pin attempt, but Crush breaks it up. Demolition then hits the decapitation on Hitman for the pin. And this is when I thought it was over. And I was like, wait, what? First fall? Oops. Demolition's up. I couldn't, one, could not remember. Zero. Could not remember the name of their finisher. The Demolition Decapitation. I know. It's not a very good name. They just call it the Decapitator. Or uh, what's the the thing you use to cut somebody's head off? Where you drop the blade? The guillotine? Yeah, called a guillotine. I mean, I guess there's other moves called the guillotine. The skull crushing finale. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the bell rings and Demolition continues the attack on Brett while the ref is getting Nide Hart out. Hart is tossed to the ropes, ducks an elbow by Crush, but is caught on the way back with a clothesline. Smash with the back suplex. Chin lock by Crush. Smash rams the hitman's head into the turnbuckle and tosses him to the ropes where he misses a clothesline, but Brett comes back with a clothesline of his own. Hart crawling to his corner, but Smash grabs him by the rope and then reaches his foot out, which Crush grabs and begins dragging both men uh, back towards Demolition's corner. Is super fun spot. I loved it. But the ref breaks it up, allowing Brett to make the hot tag. Hot. Amble hot in with right hands, hits a back elbow, power slam for a near fall, shoulder blocks in the corner. And after that two count, Roddy Piper cursed on air. Did he? Yeah, he said, oh, bullshit. <laughs> and I, they did not edit it out. And it was great. But it was, it, was, it was very funny. Heart Foundation with an Irish whip of Night Heart, shoulder first into the gut of Smash. Heart attack by the Foundation. Hell yeah. And Hitman makes the cover. But Crush attacks the ref to break up the count. But Hebner DQs Demolition. I know. Weird. I mean, the thing about two or three fall matches. We know like the deal. He literally jumped over the pin attempt to attack the ref. When yeah. He could have just... That's the, that's the thing. Right? It's like, oh. It was, it's okay for the ref to call it for being attacked, but it doesn't make sense if the ref's further away than the pin attempt. So... Like if, he could, if he couldn't have gotten to the pin attempt and he hit the ref... And maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe it's the ref's fault. Maybe the ref was supposed to be on the other side. Perhaps, and he just had to do it because, like, you got to, you, you got to try to, you, you know, we talked about it. We got to have this is the first fall, this is the third, the second fall, and this is the third fall. And but the ref was over there, so the match is all you know, tied been, up. Sorry, it would have been really great. I love when the ref jumps over a pin attempt yeah. to do it. If the ref jumped over the pin attempt uh, to and start the to, count, to start the count, but he and was closer to that corner, and that's when he did it. That would have been good. Italian uh, spaghetti kiss my fingers. That would have been incredible. So before the next bell, Crush with a clothesline to send Hart to the floor. And then we see Axe running out and crawl under the ring. 
oh man is what is this like oh uh, what is this the WWF something I smell shady stuff upcoming <laughs> yeah uh, a real a real schmoz Nightheart finally gets Brett up and then Smash helps by dragging him up to the apron but the hitman with a shoulder block and a sunset flip for a two count inverted atomic drop by heart the foundation with another Irish whip sending hitman into Smash but he moves so Brett jumps to the second rope and Anvil with a shoulder tackle on Smash before slamming Hart onto Smash with an inverted power slam for a near fall. Was that, wait. That's when he like picked him up for a power slam. Yeah, yeah. But he had him back, like backwards. Because usually when you pick him up, it's belly to belly. Yeah, yeah. But he picked him up like and smash, belly to ass. Yeah, and, like, smash Brett on top of him. So he's right on top of him. For it was pin. fucking cool. Like why is that not their finisher? What is that it's called? Fucking cool move. And what cool. you do is you call that uh, heart to heart, right? Nailed it. Two hearts beating is one. He got her thing. But it's not heart to heart because it's, oh. it's belly to ass, and then he power slams. Yeah, him. but they're both hearts. Even though he's a night heart, they're both hearts. You could call it's it still, a two hearts. It still makes like to more sense than uh, him getting the lyrics wrong, or that not being a more common spot because it rules. But I mean, it's also probably kind of dangerous. That's a good way to break a rib. That's true. <laughs> Brett with the right hand sends Smash to the floor. Hitman goes to follow, and we see Smash roll under the ring while Axe comes out to get into the ring. Which is crazy, because the two guys that look similar, the ones with long hair that are more fit, are already both in the ring. And Axe looks like their uncle. So how, like, <laughs> it should have been one of the other guys... Swapping with the other guy, which is what made make more sense because at least they have long hair and they're all kind of wearing they're all wearing the same gear. But it's like the guy that doesn't have long hair is the one that's doing the schmozzy shit, the under the ring stuff, and it's incredibly stupid. Like I still still think it's really fun, and it, but it's like what like how did you mess that up? I literally wrote, "Who's dumber, <laughs> the ref?" Or the Hart Foundation for not realizing that Axe is now in the match. Yeah. Because the crowd just, knows. The, the crowd, crowd knows. Like even the, like even if you went to the even if like you're you're say you're like Or eight, are we the dumb ones because we don't know to ex- just accept it. Well, if you were like let's like say you were eight and you like lived and breathed this shit and your dad didn't give a fuck about it and he took you to this, you'd and you're like a big, you know, demolition or heart foundation fan, it doesn't matter. You'd be, you know, still thinking that wrestling is real. And I mean, if you're a Heart Foundation fan, you're probably like yelling at the, the ring yeah. going, like, that's yeah. the wrong But even guy. if you, even you as a, as a, guy. as a demolition fan, as an eight-year-old would be like, what's going on? <laughs> like, it's not even a thing. Like, it's, it's just like in, for somebody that likes wrestling, it's over the age of fucking four is going to know, like if they follow the product, it, and even if they don't follow was, the product, was, they'd be like, yeah. It was very dumb. It was really silly. Like, I like the idea. The a, idea a lot. The execution was not But good. it's like, you already have two guys that you said look alike, which technically they do. They both have long hair. They both I, have I actually, more fit. I actually, at one point, like, got Smash and Crush mixed yeah, up totally. for a second. Yeah, because they're moving around, and they have a bunch of, they have the same crap on, and they both have long brown hair. Yeah. One's bigger, but I sometimes I was like, which one's the bigger one? Exactly. 
So Axe begins to hammer away on Hart until Brett tosses him out of the corner, only to be met by a clothesline as the Hart man charges in. We get a body slam, a Russian leg sweep, Irish whip by Axe, and sending Brett chest first into the turnbuckle. Goes for Not the as hard. Not as poor Hart. But Anvil breaks it up. Crush with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Again, Nightheart breaks up the pin attempt. Anvil and Crush are brawling in the ring. Axe has dragged Hart out to the floor, where Smash re-emerges, and they double-team Brett. They roll Hart back into the ring, with Smash following back in, while Axe goes under the ring once again. Crush has then tossed Anvil to the floor. and But the crowd starts going crazy as Smash hits a rubber band slam. Woo! But it's not for the move. It's because the Legion of Doom are coming out to the oh ring. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the crowd, it's like, I was like, somebody's coming down to the ring. And of course, I should have known better. But I was like, who's coming down to the ring? Because the crowd is just like pointing and yelling like down the, down the shit. Hawk and Animal are making their way to ringside, dragging Axe out from under the ring. Demolition goes for the decapitation, but Hawk knocks Crush off the top rope. Smash starts chasing after LOD while Crush is dazed in the ring when Anvil hits a slingshot shoulder block, which Hitman then rolls him up for, for the, the pin, pin and, and the win. And new! I love the slingshot shoulder block. It's cool. It's fun. We all know the Heart Foundation kind of rules. They very much rule. Like, because it's kind of weird because, like, Brett isn't... It's not your, like, later... Like, big man, small man thing. It's yeah. kind of like large guy, but, like, Anvil's not, you know, Kane. It's not like Kane X-Pac. No. Kane, was, what did Kane do? Was it Kane Guerrero at one point? No. Who Who's the other small guy? Kane and Daniel Bryan. Ta- uh, yeah. Was there another one? Somebody else that did a Kane run? I'm sure. Probably. But, like, yeah, it's not that same dynamic, but it's kind of like the, like, meteor, earlier version of that dynamic in a weird way. But, I mean, obviously, there's not the, the heel dynamic part of it. But like just the way they move and work together, yeah. it's like their their moves are not the rockers like Midnight Express, where it's like they do. It's a little bit different. That it's kind of more like half of the like somebody from like the Midnight or the Rockers, and then like a Steiner brother or a member of Doom. It's like putting those together, where they're not like quite high flyer guys. Yeah, like it's just kind of it's a. They're a weird. I'd say it's a, Scott and Nightheart are probably about the same size at this point. I think so, yeah. But it'd be like a yeah, like a Scott and a, a better version of, of like a of, of like a Ricky Morton or something. Yeah. But like yeah, it's like the it's a cool dynamic that I really like because they do moves together, but they're not necessarily like synchronized the same moves. They're playing off of each other's like strengths in interesting ways. Like it's like he's the big guy that can. You know, do the power. They, they can do the power move. They can use you as a power move. They can slingshot you into the ring or whatever. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's fun. We so did. I'm excited. They're champions, so we can see more. Absolutely. We always, seen, we always love the Heart Foundation. Yeah, we've been we've been watching the Heart Foundation, but we haven't really got to see them. We've been seeing them for a long time, but they haven't really. This is their first time that we've seen them come. So they've slowly come up, but this is like, oh, they've arrived. I mean, this is their second championship. They they had won the belts once before, yeah. but they lost them pretty quickly. And but now they're kind of top of the charts in the tag tag division. Which is weird because like demolition was the hottest thing, but they bring this other person in that kind of like 
I feel like well, a lot gonna... of it's because they, they brought Crush in because they Axe... Want, they wanted to push Axe, which Well, is... no, Axe was wanting to kind of... He was getting older, yeah. so he was kind of wanting to take a step back, and they knew that I like adding, being a manager. A, adding a third person was basically... They were going to start getting some heel heat, so they turned them heel. And I thought they might put one of them in a singles or something, because they were so hot. But... Axe just kind of wanted to... He was old. Wanted to start taking a... Yeah, well, I don't think they took breaks. I think they still worked as demolition even on the indies for a long time. Later I'm not on. sure exactly yeah, how long they kept going, but yeah. we then see an ad for WrestleMania Seven going to L.A. You know, uh, I like that because it's not Survivor Series. And then we get Mean Gene in the locker room. The L.A. thing is fun because it shows everybody like driving cars and stuff. Yeah, so it's like. Everybody's kind of like it's kind of like How a. Are you gonna uh, get there? You can yeah. Take, take all kinds of different. But it's kind of like a wa- wacky transportation, ra- wacky racers yeah. type of vibe where it's like oh, like million dollar mans and like a Bentley and blah 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 and like the. Uh, Who's on a dump truck? Uh, it was the common man, Dusty Rhodes. Ah, uh, that's right. And then like yeah, Dusty Rhodes on a dump truck and like the bushwhackers are on like what's the like log, splash oh, splash, splash mountain, mountain and they're like doing their arm thing. It's just fucking silly, but I really liked that little promo. Mean Gene's in the locker room, and Gene tells us this is a political year, and I would hate to be an incumbent the way titles are falling tonight. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's like... So We've had two title matches. I know. we got two new champions. It's weird. He's then joined by the Legion of Doom, and Animal tells us that week after week, we have said we want demolition, and they ignored us. Now we hope you're mad, because we want you in the worst way. Hawk tells us, if you look up Roughshod in the dictionary... There's a picture of us. Oh, what a rush. <laughs> Wait, work, look up a rough, sh- rough shot. Rough shot. Foundation then comes in, and they say that they will take on anyone, anywhere, anytime. Hell yeah. Because that's what the champs do. Sean Mooney's then outside of Demolition's locker room, and Mooney tells us that Hall Hell is breaking loose over their loss, and they're threatening revenge. But not at the Heart Foundation, but at the Legion of Doom. Bum, bum, bum. I love that the Legion of Doom says micro mini men. <laughs> micro mini men. And then Mean Gene's there with Queen Sensational Sherry. And this first line's from me. Yes. Like, you can't tell me she didn't look scary. No, she looks terrifying. It's great. I love it. Or was it just. Or was she headed on her way for an audition for Cats? I mean, I mean, I think that she Possibly. has. I think it's possible. it's possible, but I think she has a future uh, in the World Wrestling Federation. She might. And then Sherry corrects Jean in introducing her as she says, "You mean victorious?" Yes, Queen Sherry. Oh my God. And Jean says, "You're not going to gloat about a victory like that, are you?" And I'm like, "Of course she is." Yes. And Jean tells us... Well, she says when you're so good, your opponent doesn't show up. Like, you take that as a sign. Jean tells us there were earlier sightings of Sapphire, but he doesn't know what's going on. Sherry's, what is she? A UFO? Oh, that's one of my favorite lines. But I'm beginning to think she's not so dumb after all. Smart enough to not show up and take a beating from me. And then Sherry starts screaming and laughing when she does. Oh my god, I love her so much. And she goes... I don't know what's so funny about a missing person. Sherry says, I said she was missing. I didn't say anything about her being a person. Oh my God, it's so incredible. Like, that line right after the, like, 
early sighting. What is she? A UFO? And the way she's selling all of this. Spoiler alert. Probably my favorite shit on the show. All like because it's that good. Because like there's it's good wrestling really on the show. Good. There's good matches, but like Sherry is like Dusty's promos were great. This is not the we will see some Randy, but it's not the best Randy promos. No. But this is like this has got to be the best Sherry, right? That we've seen. Yes, yes. That we've this seen for sure. But like this might so be the best she's ever she'll ever do. It might be. We don't know, but this is a high watermark. Is all I'm saying. Because I. I was like, man, like she's talking better than everybody. Mean Gene then sends us to a five-minute intermission, but by the power of video... Oh, yeah, we don't need that. Gene's still in the back and goes over the rest of the card for us. He then says he has video of, of his crew sneaking in to catch a glimpse of Bad News Brown's 200 pounds, pounds of, of Harlem, Harlem sewer rats. This is incredible. And we see them lift the curtain, the curtain, like it's like the cage. It's a cage, and it's covered in like a black, like a blanket, blanket or whatever. Lifts the blanket up over, and you see like one. It's a possum. Possum. It's a possum. It's not a rat. It's one. And there's like two hundred pounds of like fucking Harlem sewer rats, and the cage is like, like a maybe a foot and a half by like six to eight inches like, wide. It could never hold two hundred no, pounds no. of anything. It could hold like six rats. And they open it up and they have the light shining on it and it's just a possum, but the possum has its mouth half open and it's like and it's like it's obviously like alive, but yeah. like it's like that's a fucking possum. No sewer rat. What is this? We then get a video of Damien relaxing in the shower. Which is pretty awesome and like that is like art imitating life because that's what he did with a lot of those snakes. Was he would when he got to a venue, he would just throw it in the shower and turn it on because I guess snakes like that. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure that Jake Roberts is a no friend of PETA because the man went through <laughs> some snakes. He he was he had snakes because he's Jake the Snake Roberts, but he did not necessarily take care of them. Gene's then joined by Big Boss Man, and he tells us that he's not afraid of snakes or anything from a sewer. Because he's been dealing with both things all his life. We then get Sean Mooney in the locker room with Nikolai Volkov and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Seems like an odd pair. Yeah. And Volkov does the... Ho! Yeah, I know. Like, what? Yeah. I guess Volkov had renounced Russia. Yeah, yeah. They always and at some point. Oh, and had started singing the Star Spangled Banner instead of the Russian National Anthem. The Russian stuff, it's like, it's kind of, it's 1990. Like, it's like, eh. We're not really in a fight with the Russian It's not really anymore. a thing anymore. Yeah. We have other wars. But like, as, yeah. But... As Sean Mooney says, as tension yes. rises in the Persian Gulf. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ooh, real life stuff. Yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. And there's, there's some, there's a guy that will show and there's harmony between the Soviet Union and the United States. But so, they still have to fight Japan. So Volkov and uh-huh. Duggan join in forces. Mean Jeans in the back with Earthquake, Dino Bravo, and Jimmy Hart. And as Earthquake's doing his promo, video is shown of him hitting an Earthquake splash on the Brother Love show. This is really, the, pro, the production and editing is really great on this. Because yeah. he's like talking and they're like putting it, the video over, but they're not like showing the video him talk and then they show the video it's like inner it's cut really well it's cut really well yeah earthquake says that the tugboat told all the hulkamaniacs this is my earthquake 
to send letters to make Hulk feel better. But where is he tonight? And we get another video showing Earthquake hitting a splash on Tugboat. Earthquake then says, you better put a call to the Red Cross and get the ambulances lined up. Because this is one Earthquake that you can't predict. I love the way Earthquake cuts a promo because he does what I just did, which you can't see, which is like... He's bouncing on, like, just bouncing, bouncing back and, and forth, down. like, yeah, left, and right, with his head like, up and down. He starts emphasizing words. He, like, starts getting even quicker. Yeah, but it's just like, yeah, he just constantly bouncing when he's talking, and it's actually really good. Like, I, he's a pretty great promo. I really enjoyed Earthquake. Pretty great promos. worker, honestly. And I was like, damn. And the tugboat stuff That's is like... training. We all, yeah, it probably is, honestly. Like, that man's got some fucking, some powerful legs for sure. But the tugboat stuff is stuff that we don't like. I don't know if we'll ever see tugboat on a pay per view, but like tugboat is we'll a big part. Soon. He's a big part of the show, and he's not there. And he's not there, but he's like you know, it's like you gotta send like the like he was kind of a way for WWF to keep Hogan in the minds of everyone. Yeah, but it was also a thing where they were like, oh, send your letters or whatever, and what is for them to get addresses to basically send out promotional material and stuff too. Like, it was kind of a ploy for them for, like, a marketing campaign at the time. Sean Mooney's then in the locker room with Jake the Snake Roberts, and Mooney tells him, it's well-founded that Bad News Brown is afraid of snakes, but are you afraid of sewer rats? Roberts, I'm not afraid because I don't have to be. Because Damien here is really hungry. And hunger is what separates a man like me from a mouse like you. It's 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 Jake Roberts promo. Exactly. It's good. It's not the best pro- Roberts promo, but it's probably still one of the better promos on the show. Yeah. That's like three great promos in a row we kind of get. That's what I'm saying. It's like Sherry. This show is, this show pro- is like promo promos heavy. are it's very heavy with promos. But most of them are good. Really good. And some of them work. are great. So we got our sixth match. We get Bad News Brown versus Jake the Snake Roberts with Damien. With Big Boss Man at, as the special guest referee. We see the covered cage at ringside. And we're told that that's the sewer rats. That's our, no, that's our possum. Possum. Opossum. They're sewer rats, sir. Our ossipum. Brown and Roberts begin brawling before Bossman even makes it to the ring because for some reason they announced the referee third, which didn't make any sense. Oh, something that the Jake like has Damien around his neck in that promo, and the snake is the just snake just keeps rolling around like he's gonna choke him. Yeah, like the snake's tail is like wrapping around its his nose and his like face, and like the tail is like he's like wrapped up in Jake, and Jake is just like letting it happen. To the point where, like, afterwards, Roddy Piper says something very, very silly. He says that Jake the Snake looked like something from Star Trek with that thing wrapped around him. It's like, I don't know what that means, but whatever. I was just like, that's a really silly, stupid thing to say. But the snake was kind of scary looking on him with, like, the tail wrapping around his nose. It looked like he was, the snake was, like, trying to pick his nose with his, like, tip of his tail. Bossman finally makes it to the ring, and he pulls his nightstick out. And that's not a euphemism. Does he have a nightstick? Yeah. No, no, I just meant like, would you qualify as a nightstick? Brown with an Irish whip charges in, but Snake moves. Roberts with a kick and looks for the DDT early, but bad news rolls out to the floor. Love, love this. Love the DDT. It's not a block. Aversion. He just drops. Yeah, just the aversion. Like, when people drop and run away from the DDT is so good. 
This gives Bossman time to take his hat and put his nightstick away. Brown with the hip toss, setting up for the ghetto blaster, but Jake falls to the mat, so Bad News hits a leg drop for a two count. Brown starts arguing with Bossman, which allows Roberts to go for the DDT again, but again, Brad News escapes, rolling out to the floor. Snake follows out, goes for a roundhouse right that Brown ducks, and hits Roberts in the gut with uh, a chair. Yeah, I know. I was like, damn, chair shots? Back in the ring, multiple Irish whips of Snake back first into the turnbuckle, in which Roberts gives Brown the bird after one of them. Yeah, he gives like the, uh, what do you call that one? It's not the middle finger. It's the bird. Is that what, I thought the middle finger was the bird. It is. But what is it when you he do the arm He did flip thing? him off. No, I thought he just did the arm no, thing. No, he flipped him off. Oh, okay. I thought he, he did. The middle finger was extended. But he did He did it with that. Yeah. What do you call this thing? I don't know. It's like the arm FU thing. Where yeah. it's like kind of like making a makeshift four. The one corner of a square. Which is followed by a clothesline. Bad news comes off the second rope with a falling fist, but Roberts moves. Brown tosses the snake to the ropes, but ducks his head, allowing Roberts to hit a knee lift, left jabs, short arm cards line, and calls for the DDT. DDT, we get that DDT chant. Bad news reverses into a back body drop. Brown continues to work on Snake's back, knocking him out to the floor. Follows out, grabs a chair, and hits Robert in the gut once again. again. And the bell rings, and Bossman has DQ'd Bad News Brown. Post-match, Brown drags Damien's bag to the middle of the ring and goes for the leg drop on it. But Bossman moves the bag in time. I kind of love that he's just going to leg drop a snake. There's something so funny to that to, about that to me. And it's like, like, it's just so weird. Big Bossman challenges Bad News to come after him, but Brown acts like it's not worth his time until Bossman turns his back. So Bad News starts attacking Big Bossman until Roberts is back in the ring and grabs Damien and goes after Brown, who flees the ring. We get another ad for WrestleMania 7. Mm-hmm. It's the same one. Same one, yeah. And then Mean Gene's in the back with Demolition, and they somehow have repainted their faces. Oh, how did they do that? Because it's pre-taped. And oh, it's yeah. Well, I mean, I know. And Axe is saying, the only reason they're the new champions is because they cheated. Seems very pot-calling the kettle black. Yeah, definitely. And then we get the Brother Love Show. Oh, man. Well, it's Brother Love, and he's like, everyone still needs someone to tell them what to do. Because you are soft and weak. Mm-hmm. And my guest is exactly the man to tell you what to do. And he introduces Sergeant Slaughter. Yes. And we haven't seen Slaughter since AWA Super Clash 3, which yeah, is episode our 23. Our first WWF Slaughter. Yeah. And Sergeant tells us, there's only two reasons I'm here. To award the most prestigious award in America today... But I found that America has become soft. But then I looked into the WWF and I found someone to wear the Sergeant Slaughter Great American Award. And then it's like a huge medal. Yeah, it's like a comically large medal. And that man is Brother Love. I love you. Brother Love salutes and is very happy. And then he says, the second reason is I'm declaring war. On Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> America's too chicken to declare war. I'm not a chicken. I'm not afraid. If war would break out tomorrow in the Middle East, the General Saddam Hussein would kick our boys' butts. Oh, man. By the way, Operation Desert Shield, which was the build-up 
to Desert Storm. To Desert Storm had begun three weeks earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just you know, WWF's hitting that line. Oh yeah, they're they're testing the waters to see how far they can go with this. We then go to the locker room. Sean Mooney's there with Orient Express and Mr. So Fuji. I, I will say, I did not realize that um, Sergeant Slaughter was mostly ass. Yes. That man has a fat ass. He does. His ass is half his torso. He's, yeah, it's like, damn. But donk a donk. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter uh, would clean up in certain bars. Fuji tells us that Duggan has one crossed eye, and we hit so hard after match... He will have two crossed eyes. <laughs> Fuji's always fun. But then all of a sudden, Mooney gets some breaking news in his earpiece and sends us <laughs> to <laughs> Mean Gene outside of a locker room when Sapphire just walks right past uh, him and into the room. Can't get her. Tries. Gotta so hit we, the door. Sapphire. Sweet Sapphire. I do like the added sweet. She is sweet. Yeah, of course she is. We love her. We then head out to the ring. Seventh match of the night. The Orient Express of Sato and Tanaka with Mr. Fuji. And remember how we were like, oh, I can't wait to see the or- see like I wonder if the Orient Express will show up and I wonder if they'll get more time. Did we actually say that? Yeah, we were like maybe like it's like that'd be cool if they like, you know, do something. I don't know if I ever said that. No, they were there at some spots. I mean they were right, but they were facing the rockers, so I mean Yeah, but the rocket I mean the rockers just beat the shit out of them. They could have had no, some time. But- the Express beat the Rockers Oh, at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's true. But it was just so quick. But it was a fun match. It was, but it wasn't long enough. And we talked about... I feel like we talked about... Wouldn't it be cool if they had some time? Yeah, maybe. Well, let's see what we'll happens still, when they get some time. And they're facing off against Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Nikolai Volkov. Piper tells us that he doesn't trust anybody who changes his heart as often he changes his underwear every six <laughs> months. Piper is just not the best commentary guy. That might he's been, really, that was he's, probably the best line he had all night long. Yeah, I he's he's like really fun, but it's just like not in the long run. Like no. in short in short amounts, he's great. Volkoff and Duggan then sing "God Bless America," and they show a picture of the Kate Smith statue, which was removed in 2019. I don't know what Kate, what the Kate Smith statue is. The statue that they showed while they were singing, while they were singing. They showed a video of a, of a statue. There used to be a statue outside of the Spectrum where the Philadelphia Flyers play because they had a tradition in Philadelphia that any time they played Kate Smith's version of God Bless America, the Flyers would win. So they didn't play oh, it all the time. Okay. So that's the Kate Smith, that God Bless America, but yeah, yeah. we all know But that. then they put a statue up. Okay. But then in I know a little bit about Kate Smith. <laughs> Just a little bit. In 2019, due to some controversy over some of her other recordings, which yeah. she recorded some... She recorded a song that was like a... a Give it up to the darkies or something yeah, like Yeah, it was that. like it was a racist... It was like a racist song, but some people uh, would argue to interpret it as like a satire of white people being lame. But uh, it doesn't sound good. So I don't know, because I'm too old to have an opinion about what her true intentions were because like it's just hearsay at this yeah, point it's back in the 20s it's but oh the, uh, the song is pretty ridiculous just yeah. saying so the statue was removed from philadelphia in 2019 a couple other teams that were using that version of the song quit using it as well yeah yeah which i it's kind of weird i don't know i learned that recently but uh i don't know where and it wasn't from research from this because i was like 
What is this they were talking about? But then Duggan, after they finished singing, Duggan asked for blessings on all the men and women over in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Ho! Oh, you, I mean, Duggan, how is he not, the, like, the guy with the flag? Like, he, he is, the, but, like, it's like, why is he not, why have, why have they not just, like, t- t- like painted his two-by-four red, white, and blue? Put his ass and throw yeah. him up card. It could have been, it would probably be better than, well, I don't know. The Express attack from behind, but Duggan and Volkov hit atomic drops that send the Express into each other and then are kicked out of the ring. Tanaka keeps coming off the ropes with shoulder tackles, but Volkov is too big. One more try, but ducks a clothesline and comes off with a a crossbody, but Nikolai catches him. Then Sato comes off the top rope with a chop to the head to gain the momentum for the Express. Tanaka has Volkov draped over the ropes when Mr. Fuji canes him across the jaw. The jaw. Hook kick by Sato. More karate chops. Tanaka goes for a falling headbutt, but Nikolai moves. Makes it to the corner for the... Hot tag! Dug it in. Rights and lefts on both express, but Tanaka with a double thrust to the throat. Double team toss to the ropes, but Hacksaw runs through a double team clothesline and comes back with a (laughs) double... Talk about no selling. Comes back with a double clothesline of his own. He's throwing rights and lefts on both men again. A double noggin knocker. Clothesline on both. Volkov now in. Throws Tanaka into the turnbuckle. And then Duggan and Nikolai Irish whip the express into each other. Hacksaw then hits the three-point stance clothesline. For the pin. And and the the win. win. We get another ad for Survivor Series. Super excited, Mm, right? Yeah. mm -hmm. Yes. Mean Gene's outside that same door that we saw him all go... That Sapphire went into, but this time Dusty Rhodes is there. Dusty's knocking on the door, yelling for her to let him in. Ward's sick. And Dusty Rhodes is like, something's going on. Oh, yeah. But his music hits. He's got to go. So he has to go. Sean Mooney then is on top of a ladder with Randy Savage on his throne. Oh, yeah, that's very, very funny. And Savage asks him, be you on the stairway to heaven? (laughs) Mooney says, let it be said that WWF would scale any heights to get to, to the, the story. story. Yeah, it's such a good line. And Savage then lets us know that Dusty isn't what the forefathers were thinking about when they used the term American, American Dream. Dream. Yeah, that's so funny. And on to our eighth match, Dusty Rhodes versus Macho King Randy Savage with Queen Sensational Sherry. And no sapphire, no sweet sapphire to be found. Not yet, at least. All of a sudden, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and Virgil are shown on the stage before the match even gets started. And DiBiase lets us know that everybody has a price. And tonight, it bought your humiliation roads. No. Feast on your eyes on my latest purchase, The Sweet Sapphire. Play The Sweet Sapphire song. Does she have a song? No, I think, do they, I don't know if they play a song. It might just, maybe it's Common Man, which would be really funny. Because she likes coming out. And what is she decked out in? So Dusty's going crazy in the ring. Yeah. The main dog man says, Who do you think bought all these rings, rings necklaces, necklaces, fur coats, coats, trips around the world? Trips around the world? Like, wouldn't Dusty notice that she had trips around the world? He did notice all these things. But he yeah, didn't but go the trips around the world. Dusty. Road starts back down the entryway towards the stage, but Savage attacks him from behind and rolls him back into the ring. Macho then goes to the top rope, hitting a double axe handle, starts choking Dusty, 
Sherry gets in on the fun with her right hand and choking with her knee across the throat. I love Sherry so fucking much. Elbows across the head, throwing punches when the ref gets Savage out of the corner, allowing Rhodes a breather. When Macho comes back in, Rhodes hits an elbow to the head, a dusty roll into yes. a punch, more mm-hmm. elbows, and a drop kick to send Dude, Savage to the floor. I popped for the drop kick, but the angle was trash. Maybe it was the angle. The camera work was like good maybe on that. the angle was the made the drop kick look the best. He could have whiffed it, and we didn't know. But yeah. for the angle, it's like, but just the from the angle we did see it, it looked like Dusty like kind of did a decent drop kick. And we've seen some bad dusty drop we've kicks. We've seen some really bad. Dusty and this one kind of looked all right, but I love this, like Dusty, where he can be the face. He gets the microphone. Promos are better and they're cleaner. He's getting the pop, and like he gets to work with like Macho Man. Like that last match was in, the match before from the last pay per view. was kind of incredible, as far as like pro wrestling bullshit. Awesome, like not technical yeah, pro wrestling no yeah it's not yeah but like it's like if you like entertaining if you like you know sports entertainment that is great sports entertainment yes Rhodes follows out to continue the attack but macho puts sherry in between them so he backs off and the ref is out on the floor telling dusty to take it back into the ring while sherry gives her purse to savage <sighs> Sherry up on the apron, kicking away at Rhodes, which brings him back into the ring, chasing her, where he grabs her, but the ref keeps him from hitting her, allowing Macho to hit him from behind with the purse, makes the cover for the pin, and And no win. win. The old loaded purse trick. Yes. There's a line here that 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 Roddy Piper says. It's another good one. Maybe Sapphire just got tired of... Of... (laughs) Of pulling logs out of the toilet by day and dressing it polka dressing in polka dots by night, <laughs> which is incredibly disgusting. <laughs> He's like, uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it's like, oh man. He says, "That's like, I want to say it again, but I don't know if I can." Tired of pulling logs out of the toilet by day and dressing in polka dots by night. And as my notes say, LOL fair. <laughs> like, uh, it, it, ain't, it ain't very romantic by any standard. <laughs> like, holy crap. No pun intended. But I was like, man, because... Okay, that's now Piper's best life. <laughs> yeah, show. like, there's some good Piper stuff. I think that the mix is weird, but, like, it's not... Gorilla and Jesse. Yeah, I think, they have, I think like, some of it's his voice as well. Yeah, he his voice and even like Vince who has a very voice. commanding voice but like Gorilla and like Jesse Ventura demand your attention just with like the ta- sound and tenor mm-hmm. of their voice. Yeah. And like Roddy Piper is got a like a thin voice. He's loud but like it's not neither of them are very boomy even Vince. Yeah. But I mean granted there's no way they're going to be as good as those guys but I kind of like phased in and out of paying attention or even realizing there was commentary on some of the show. I agree. But, Completely. you know, lines like that, my God. Those are good. Sean Mooney's in, in the back, and we see DiBiase, Virgil, and Sapphire come back from ringside to and get into a limo. And then we finally oh. see Dusty finally up and running back. So good. 
Rhodes makes it to the back right as the limo pulls off. Yeah, he gets to the door. To, tries to chase it down. It's so sad. And as Piper says, what was he going to do? Oh, yeah, but I mean, in a situation like that where your heart's in it, it doesn't necessarily mean your mind is. And that's why it was so sad because he's just standing there like like the Incredible Hulk on the side of the road. All alone to the next town. He doesn't have a riding buddy. Speaking of Hulks. Mean Gene's in the back now with Hulk Hogan and Big oh, Boss God. Man. Didn't, didn't plan that one, but good on you, man. Hulk tells us that I remember the damage Earthquake did. I remember the laughter from Bravo and Hart. But I also remember the outpouring of all my Hulkamaniacs. All their cards, all their letters, and the prayers. I also remember the man who led the charge, Tugboat. You may have taken him out, but I'm not coming alone. Bossman will be making sure that justice will be served. Bossman chimes in with, Many of the rights of the people were formulated here in Philadelphia, but the only rights you three are entitled to are the right to be beaten into silence, the right to have millions of fans present to that beating, (laughs) and the right to have an impartial trial with Judge Hogan presiding. Pretty good boss man. Yeah, yeah. The, like, boss man looks like he's dropped some weight since we've seen him. He's probably lost at least 30 pounds yeah. since we originally saw him. He also looks like he's on a lot of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. <laughs> but yeah, That's you know. probably how he uh, lost that weight. Yeah, yeah, maybe. He's been hanging been hanging with, uh, you know. The whole, yeah, Coke, Coke Hogan. So we're headed off to our ninth match. We have Earthquake mm-hmm. with Jimmy Hart and Dino Bravo versus Hulk Hogan with Big Boss Man in his corner. And the story behind this match was that Hogan was a guest on the Brother Love show. When I Earth- love you. When Earthquake would confront and attack Hulk with numerous Earthquake splashes, which yeah. we saw video of earlier. Mm-hmm. Hogan had to be wheeled off on a stretcher and was out for several months. He was recording suburban, suburban, suburban Commando. commando. Uh, also... This was where Tugboat came in, and how they got. This is how they got your 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 phone number to send you catalogs. While or not your phone was, number, your um, address. Sorry. While he was gone, newcomer Tugboat rallied fans to send letters and send up prayers for the Hulkster. Yeah. But on the way to SummerSlam, Tugboat was attacked by Quake as well during a match he had with Bravo, laying him out with with Species. multiple splashes. Yeah. Until Big Boss Man would come out and make the save. And that's why Boss Man's doing this match. Yeah. Or part of this. Piper asks if Vince knows why Dino hangs out with Earthquake. And he says, it's like how skinny girls hang out with fat girls to make themselves look better. It's like, rough, weird, and rough. But the, uh, but I don't know if if that makes sense. He's the skinny girl that hangs out with the fat girl. Yeah, yeah make love look better. Would we be talking about Dino Bravo if he wasn't with Earthquake? With Earthquake? No, not, of, not, 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 not now that Jesse's gone. Exactly. <laughs> about, Did but, World's Strongest Man ever get brought up on this show? I don't no, think it did. I don't think it did, and if it did, I'd be very surprised. I do like that there's a, like, when Earthquake makes his entrance... Roddy Piper in the only way that Roddy Piper can talk, which is very excited, high pitch, like you know, childlike. But he says, uh, <laughs> he says, 
Does he look like a warthog or does he look like a warthog? About an earthquake. By the way, like I can't, I can't do Roddy Piper. Can you? I don't even attempt foreign it's, accents. Well, yeah, but like his is just like so high and weird, and I liked that because it was just like this is stupid, <laughs> and it's just so weird because like Roddy Piper here and then like Roddy Piper in like They Live is like completely different. Like he doesn't talk at all. He just kind of looks like a weird badass in They Live. So the match starts, the two lock up, but Quake has the power advantage, shoving Hulk down multiple times. A kick and an eye rake, and Hogan goes for a body slam. But Hogan did the eye rake, right? Yes. Why? Hogan, okay, what are the f- five Hogan moves? Eye rake, leg drop, big, big boot, boot, clothesline, clothesline. wagging finger. Yeah. But, uh, I, I guess he doesn't, yeah, back rake's not as common. No. But he has done it. But he's blocked and clubbed across the back by Earthquake several times. Quake with the Irish whip charges in, but Hulk gets a boot up and charges out with a clothesline. Chops right hands, but nothing is taking down Earthquake. Hart and Bravo leap up on the apron, so Hogan takes care of them before winding up the right hand like Popeye for a roundhouse right to take Earthquake down. Jimmy and Dino jump on the apron once again to be knocked down by Hulk as Quake rolls out to the floor. Earthquake and the Stooges are having a meeting of the minds when Hogan comes from behind to hit Bravo across the back. Bossman joins in the attack on Quake and they throw both Dino and Earthquake into the ring. Bossman and Hogan then give a double team big boot on both men, leaving Quake dazed on the ropes. The ref's admonishing Bossman to get out of the ring, allowing Bravo to hit Hulk from behind, and Earthquake and Dino pick Hogan up for a double team body slam. And then Quake elbow drops for a near fall. Earthquake goes to the top rope. Oh my god. Comes off with a sledgehammer across the back of Hulk. I was surprised that he landed it on and says, like, this is going to go down? And begins stomping on Hogan's fingers before locking on a Boston crab. I kind of like all, all this that's going on right now. But Hulk reaches the ropes and rolls out of the ring. But Bravo is there to body slam him on the floor and toss him back into the ring. We get a quake body slam, elbow drop, but no, Hogan moves, firing up with chops, eye rakes, goes for a body slam, but his back gives an earthquake lands on top of him for a two count. Quake locks on the bear hug, wearing down Hulk even more. The ref goes to raise his arm, but Hogan ends up ripping Hebner's shirt to pieces. Oh yeah, and I love that Hulk does like, you know, like the Hulk in uh, peril face where it's like the saddest most pathetic face on the planet where he does like the crazy frown yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about it's so great but yeah i was like he that was that sh- that gimmicked shirt i don't know <laughs> like i was like man okay hogan finally escapes with a barrage of right hands before hitting a shoulder tackle that barely dazes quake goes for a crossbody but Earthquake catches him, yes. delivering a power slam. Yes. Tremors begin. Oh, yes. And Quake runs the ropes for the Earthquake splash. It was so good to see Hulk take a bump. Bravo and Hart are yelling for him to do it again, so he hits another Earthquake splash for the pin. Just make the pin. But no! Hogan kicks out and begins to Hulk up. Oh, no. This is not good. He's, he's pulling from... The Hulksters from the, the, the tugboat letters. 
the tug of man. Are you the a tug wagging of finger of doom? Right hands, big boot, body slam, leg drop. But Bravo is distracting the ref, so Jimmy yes. Hart comes into the ring and hits a double axe handle on Hogan. Hulk then picks Hart up into a military press, <sighs> throws him onto Earthquake. Bossman is then into the ring to throw Dino out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Quake is rolled out and is now dragging Hogan out to the floor, where they begin to brawl. Earthquake has hold of Hulk when Hart goes to hit him with the bullhorn, but Hogan moves, so Quake takes the brunt of the blow. Hulk then body slams Earthquake onto a table at ringside. Oh, and it does not work. And that was the table that the sewer rats were on, so it's been sitting there all show long. Yeah, and I think that they probably planned on doing that spot, but like it just... He didn't go through it. It just kind of fell on the side. It looks bad. The table wins the wins the match. Against Earthquake, which is incredible, because Earthquake is like fucking 300 pounds. Easily, right? Yeah, because the table does not break. So no, he the- like hits the edge of it and it falls down. But like Earthquake, if Earthquake was sitting on the chair I'm sitting down on, it would probably break. It probably would. Hogan then rolls back into the ring to win by countout. I mean, they kind of save Quake in a way there. Yeah, I mean that's the entire reason they do this is to because they you don't want to. Dest- they're not going to pin. They don't want to destroy Earthquake, but it's just like, wait, out of all the people in the yeah. WWF, you're Earthquake? not going to you're not going to destroy Earthquake. Earthquake's kind of tight. I'm kind of. I mean, I like Earthquake. Yeah, but we've destroyed DiBiase and Mr. Perfect. No in shit. The, in yes. the last- Very good point. But the thing is, is, like, Hulk's not the champion anymore. But that's still fucking, who cares? Yeah, it's, I'm with you. It's still dumb. There was a really uh, funny, a whack-ass uh, Hogan boot that doesn't even touch Earthquake's face early in the match. Yeah. And I just had to bring it up because it's like fucking so <laughs> far away. And it looks bad. And it's even from like a generous angle for the spot. Post-match. But I like this match. Yes, yeah, this, this is actually probably one of my favorite Hogan matches that we've seen. Fine. Post-match, Hulk is celebrating when Quake attacks him from behind, and Bossman rolls in with a step stool, mm-hmm. hits Bravo with it before hitting Earthquake across the back multiple times, who has Hulk in a lifted chokehold. Quake finally drops Hogan, and he and Dino look to go after Bossman when Big Bossman drops the chair and starts twirling his nightstick so they clear the ring. So we know in a... Uh, Fist, step stool, nightstick, Rochambeau. Yes. Nightstick wins. Fist, nightstick, step, step stool. stool. That's very funny. I like that. Uh, this is before we cue Derringer, right? Yes, Derringer's oh my God. Good to... This is where we see I Earth... pull my hair out. <laughs> we see cuts across the back of Earthquake as he's headed back to the lobby. Oh, yeah, he got... His, well, you can tell it's from the side of that table. He's, like, scraped yeah. on uh, his shoulder. It's not, it's, like, very red, but it's not, like, cut open. Yeah. Like, he's red, maybe, like, a little bit of spotty blood. Real American starts. Hogan does some posing. Well, Hogan, like... Does the imitation of a chicken. chicken. Yuck. I hate it. It's like, what? Uh, and, yeah, Vince says it's a very large chicken. But, like, I think that Hogan tries to leave the ring. And boss man brings him back in. It's like, hey, to pose. Dude, you got to do some more posing. Uh, yeah, like before he even was like, I was like, oh, maybe Hogan will leave, and it's like, no. And then I vomit for like five minutes. 
And Bossman looks to have a black eye forming. I don't know when he got that. <laughs> yeah. It was a cocaine black eye. We then go to the back. Sean Mooney's there with Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan. And Rude starts talking about Rocky and Apollo Creed. Yep. But that was Hollywood. Mm-hmm. This is reality. They're in Philadelphia, right? Yep. And is that where Rocky takes? That's where Rocky. That's takes where Rocky place. takes place. Where just you, making sure you won't be able to run, won't be able to hide. And Heenan says, after Rude wins tonight, there won't be any sequels. No Rocky two, two three, three, or four. Quick, least favorite Rocky movie. Five. Really? Tommy Morrison is horrible, bro. Dude. It ends in a street fight, which I'm pretty into, but I'm also the guy that kind of hates four. I am not as in love with four as most people are. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mean Jeans in the locker room with Dusty Rhodes. Oh, poor Dusty. And Dusty says, I offered up my innocence to Sapphire. Oh my god, it sounds like he's never, uh, like like he has no natural... what is it? He, he does not have a natural. I was gonna say he's just the natural Dustin Rhodes. Oh, there was another he's word. I couldn't work Dustin it. Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes is the natural. Well, no, but I was gonna make a joke about like him being uh, a virgin because he offered up his innocence, and I was like, "All right, Dusty, <laughs> this is a lot of information you're giving us right now." Does your wife know about this? Yeah, and she paid me back in scorn. Yes, the people were screaming, "When are you gonna get?" Bad, bad big dust oh, when are you gonna get mad big, big dust? dust when are you gonna get even big dust DiBiase I'm getting bad and I'm coming for you dude I love big dust sounds so good so good when are you gonna get mad big dust and to waste some time Lord Alfred Hayes is out at ringside where the steel cage is being erected around the ring and he tells us the crew has a record of 8 minutes and 42 seconds of setting up the cage. Mean Gene's in in the back with Hulk Hogan. And Hogan tells us that they're building buildings all around the world that are earthquake proof. Yes. I'll keep beating earthquake in all the arenas until I am where I'm supposed to be. The number one contender spot. Yeah, sure. Hogan then adds a fourth commandment. Oh, what is it? Believe in yourself. So what's the first one? Prayers. Uh Uh-huh. Taking vitamins. Vitamins. What was the third one? Prayers, vitamins. Whatever it is. (laughs) It wasn't believe in yourself. We're horrible wrestling fans. We are. We really are. But we are also very disenfranchised with Hulk Hogan. That's true. But then Hogan says he's going surfing and he's going to find a shark, which I kind of laughed at. Yes. Fight Earthquake. And ride the, very funny. And ride the biggest tidal wave. Yeah, and it's like, well, I mean, I guess Surfer Sting was kind of a thing. But do you think it's a, a Sting thing? No, I it's think it's a just SummerSlam, like, thing. Yeah. SummerSlam thing. We then get McMahon and Piper reviewing the evening, and they preview the next match. And then we go back to the locker room. Sean Mooney's there with Earthquake, Jimmy Hart, and Dino Bravo. Earthquake's basically says he's not finished with Hogan, that he's coming after Boss Man as well. And then we get Mean Gene with the Ultimate Warrior. <sighs> Do you know what Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan have in common with the Liberty Bell? One is cracked, and the other is a ding-dong. <laughs> I lost my shit over that. So it's fucking stupid. 
Then he goes into his real promo. After the, <laughs> oh, the real one? Okay. Winning the course of human events, it becomes necessary to protect my inalienable right to be the World Wrestling Federation champion. I must do what our forefathers have always done. Never afraid to face an adversary. Always willing to step into a new frontier. Always willing to make a sacrifice. And you, Rick Rude, will not be able to protect the establishment of a more perfect union between me and my warriors. For the sacrifice that we are prepared to make against an adversary is far greater than anything you could ever know. We don't fear the unknown of a new frontier, Rick Rude. We revel in it. It is these things that are the lifeblood of the ultimate nation. <laughs> and these things that are the lifeblood of, of the, the ultimate, ultimate warrior. Uh, it's not the best or It's not as like, like surreal or spacey. No, it's not. It's kind of more level-headed. It was a little disappointing, actually. Yeah. Most disappointing promo of the night. Considering, uh, considering, considering we're how fans. much we love Warrior <laughs> and how good everyone else has been. Yeah, it's like we love his promos because they're bug nuts. Exactly. They're absolute bananas. And this one's not that bananas. It is not. It's like, oh yeah, okay. But like, yeah. Oh, when he just says, I think him just getting to say Hulk Hogan over and over again. And like him talking about the colors and the warriors and space. He's talking about like space angels and shit. And here, it just sounds like a wrestling promo. It does. A really good wrestling promo, I think. But not cranked up to 11 like Warrior usually is. Yeah, it's not It's not space Jesus, which <laughs> no. is what he kind of is. It definitely is. So we're headed to our 10th match, Ravishing Rick Rude with Bobby the Brain Heenan versus Ultimate Warrior in a steel cage match for the WWF Championship. Why is it in a steel cage? The story behind the match... Oh, thank you, sir. ...was that Rude began training and making threats towards the world champion. They would meet on a Saturday night main event, but the match would end... For in drinks? A, ...in a disqualification... After Heenan interfered in the match. Oh, there you go. So to keep the brain from doing so again... They'll do it in a cage. Drop the steel, son. So the rules of the match are you can win by pinfall. Yes. Exit the door or over the top of the cage. No subs. And to the floor. Fink did not say submission. I know, I was going to say, like, why not submission? Because these two don't have submission moves, most likely. I mean, yeah. So Rude takes the mic... Before the match starts and berates the crowd. Bam, bam, bam. Does his strip tease. Yes. Warrior then runs out. Did you out. know that we're all fat, out of shape, Pennsylvania piss hands? I mean, yeah. We yeah, I mean, I'm, I knew that I was that too. But Rick Rude made sure we knew. Warrior runs out, climbs up the cage, and begins shaking it. It's before pretty... dropping down and running around the ring multiple times. Yeah, it's Warrior, dog. Rude's on the inside, climbs to the top, and starts yelling at Warrior, which causes him to finally stop running. And Warrior climbs up from the outside. Yes. Where the two men start brawling. It's pretty great start. Warrior then slams Rude's head into the top of the cage to knock him to the mat. 
and Warrior climbs over into the cage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, couldn't he just now climb back, back out, out of the cage? Well, out? doesn't he have to like touch the ground first? I don't know. That's, yeah. Like, Good point. He's in the cage now. Couldn't he yeah. just leave the cage? Yeah, yeah. Warrior's off the top rope with a chop to the head, throws Rude into the cage multiple times, slams his head into the cage, but comes flying in with a crossbody that the Ravishing One ducks for Warrior to go straight into the cage. This is definitely a cage-as-a-weapon match. Piper give, tries to give Rude some strategy advice over through commentary and tells him, is like, just tie Warrior's tassels to the cage. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Supposedly, um, I believe it was Owen Hart, I think, maybe. It was somebody that used to, like, cut tassels off of the Warriors' gear. Just, like, one at a time. Like, over time, just to fuck with them. <laughs> that sounds like an Owen Hart thing. That sounds like an Owen Hart thing, for sure. But, like, Owen Hart's obviously not here at the moment. If he is, it's, like, squash match undercard stuff. But probably not. But, like, yeah. But it's a thing I've heard about the Warrior. Because if you know anything about behind-the-scenes wrestling stuff, nobody really likes the Warrior. Nobody. At all. <laughs> yeah, like, he works stiff, doesn't know what he's doing, and he's a total prick. Yeah. But... He's kind of awesome in situations like this. He's entertaining to the fans. Oh, yeah. Not to the boys. No, he's not a wrestler. Rude starts climbing the cage with a busted forehead. He's about to put a leg over the top when Warrior grabs him. But the Ravishing One kicks him off and then comes off the ropes with a sledgehammer across the back. Were you ready for color? I was not. Me neither. I was like, okay. And then throws Warrior into the cage multiple times. The two men are trading blows in the middle of the ring until the Ravishing One goes for the rude awakening, but Warrior powers out and delivers a clothesline. Attempts the Warrior splash, but Rude gets his knees up. So good. Like, the crowd is maybe less hot for this than Hogan. They're definitely less hot for this. But, like, this is not bad. This is good. I like this. The Ravishing One then hits the Rude Awakening and starts to climb the cage, but he comes off the top with a sledgehammer across the head. The Brain's yelling at Rude to come out the door, but a Rude again goes to the top of the cage to come off with another sledgehammer, but Warrior catches him across the gut. Warrior's then crawling towards the door, but Heenan slams it against Warrior's head. Ah, uh, yes. So Rude goes for the cover, but it's only a two count. Rick and Warrior run into each other to knock both men down. Rude's crawling to the door and is halfway out with the brain pulling him from the other side and the Warrior tugging at him from inside the Rude ring. Rude halfway out is like, kind of, it's like, I know what's going to happen here, but I was like, he's kind of halfway out. Warrior ends up pulling Rude's trunks down for us all to see his bare ass. Yeah, we get some, some Rude booty. And then Warrior grabs Heenan, pulling him into the ring, delivers a roundhouse right and an atomic drop to send him outside the cage. Does that make Heenan the winner? Well, he wasn't part of the match. But he was in the ring. And out he of the was ring. the first person to be outside the ring. I mean, it's not... I mean, I, you know, like I would love to see Heenan hold that title. It would be hilarious. <laughs> would be hilarious. <laughs> the Ravishing One hits a clothesline from behind, but Warrior starts ultimating up and no-selling everything. Running the ropes, ducks a clothesline, Delivers multiple clotheslines of his own. Press slams Rude to the mat. Climbs the cage. And up and over. Drops to the floor to win the match. The, 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 the mill press, man. 
The old press slam military yeah, press. Yeah, it's so good. I good love stuff. it. Post-match, Warrior climbs back up to the top of the cage to celebrate with the fans. He starts doing, like, the Rick Rude grinding. Like, he does, <laughs> like, the hip stuff, and it's a very funny and awkward. So this would be Rick Rude's final no! WWF pay-per-view match. Really? Yes. Fuck, where does he go? Does he go to WWE? Yes. Okay, well, at least he goes somewhere. He's still sticking around WWF. But he, this is his last w, pay-per-view match. Oh, well, I kind of really like Rick Rude. I do, too. Vince and Piper then say their goodbyes. Yes. And with that, I ask you, Michael Temple, mm-hmm. your overall thoughts of SummerSlam 1990. The first half of the show was really, really fun. It was really, really fun. Not a bad show. The second half is a lot more... Ha ha, but it's not good. Ha ha, it's just kind of like ugh. It kind of fell flat for me. Yeah. But I was really entertained by the first half of the show. Brother love to to the Hulk Hogan match. I'm just kind of like checked out. Hulk Hogan match, not incredible wrestling, but incredibly entertaining. Warrior match, kind of the same deal. But there's that little blip in between where like. For some reason, there was a couple matches that were not even fun, and they kind of overextended some like promo work that I didn't care about. But overall, it is like it's more entertaining than like some of the WrestleManias we watched, where it's like eleven matches forever, and you just don't care about anything at all. Yeah, I feel like some of this stuff is they gave it a couple more minutes, so it was a little bit more fun. I can see that. So, I always, after I finish the show, I I write my thoughts down, like, right then. Yeah, that's, what, that's kind of what I just told you. was I and started so, to do this, and I and do it so, after every match as well. I literally wrote, what was the second best, what was the second best match on this show? When there's not a clear answer, that kind of tells you what kind of show this is. But, like, but, yeah. As we were going through this, uh-huh. I was like, oh, well, I kind of did like that match. I kind of like that match. I mean, so I do feel like there was better matches on this than I first gave it credit for. Yeah. Because there was lots of good storytelling on this pay-per-view. It's more entertaining. Like, I would say that this is more of a uh, like entertainment show than a wrestling show. Because it's very exactly. entertaining, but like, if you want... If because you want the well, promo work, promo great. work on this show is great. The like, we literally, like we literally yeah. said just a few minutes ago, the Ultimate Warrior promo is probably the worst Warrior promo. It's still a good promo. It's one of the worst ones. And compared to all the other promos on the show, yeah. it's probably one of the worst promos on the show. That Sherry promo. Incredible. All the Dusty stuff. Incredible. Is great. But like the, the stuff is like... The show's very well timed out and produced pretty impeccably, but there's no earthquake match. Earthquake promo? Earthquake. I love the Earthquake promos, honestly. I'm a kind of an Earthquake fan. Yeah, I really like, like I Like, I was like, I didn't expect to be, like, an And the, I think this is the reason, why, like, as we're going through, I'm like, God, I did like that Earthquake Hogan match. It was good. But was I agree really with good. you. I agree with you that the second half of this show did have some glaring it's weak the, points. It's the brother love stuff. It's uh, 
And actually, the brother. This is my favorite brother love segment, just for the sheer fact that it didn't doesn't go on go on for as like, long. As soon as I, it started, I was like, "Oh, this is going to go on forever," and it didn't. It got yeah. in, got to the point, and it moved. And on. I like brother love. I like Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, because at this time with the war breaking out, yeah, he's the perfect character for this. Yeah, totally. Come out here and call America pussy. Exactly. Like, you all the pussies. The perfect, because he's, yeah. you know, he's G.I. Joe born and bred. Yeah, you know? and then you have, like, the, you know, brother love who's, like, your evangelical, you know, Cowardly asshole. Heel, yeah. you know, it's like, so it's... it's There's, and the thing is, is, like, the stuff that didn't work is stuff that I wanted to work, but I just didn't care about. It's like, I really cared about the savage dusty match on the last show and this one it's not good this one just didn't really work it was just like it's like the, yeah it was like I, the sapphire the sapphire stuff was just like yeah we're done with it the sapphire so stuff done. was like pretty smart i don't know if they were done with it i just don't think that because they used two matches for it and put a lot of the show on that thing I mean, it's just that i didn't from care this about point it as much forward, it's done now. dusty dusty just continuously falls down yeah i figured that but like that dusty macho match was like perfect entertainment for just the last like, no not this just, not this one uh, the last one the wrestlemania one yeah the yeah tag match. exactly this yeah, one is tag like match was great. i'm i was really glad to see them try to get more out of that but like even the more smart even the smart stuff the stuff they did well still didn't grab me the the dibiase stuff should have worked but for some reason it didn't and it was executed well i just didn't care and it kind of slowed down a show that i was having fun with good Where, where's the smart marks at there. all right fuck you i think it's time we smark it up so give me your best moments of the show oh we got the marty show in the first match marty show uh was great um the Sherry promos, man. Sherry promos. Sherry promo was uh, great. The anvil uh, smashing Brett for the win onto. Well, yeah, the the inverted power slam. That yeah. was that's the that, spot of the that night. demolition heart foundation match is the match, is of, my the match of my night. Yeah, easily match the, the night. match tonight. I would say that that the last two matches are kind of like just really great entertainment. If you've been following the shows, like it's really good entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're both on the same page that Earthquake may be up there with one of our favorite performers that we've seen. Yeah, no, Earthquake, like, his promos, he's one of those guys that, like, his promos are so good and his in-ring stuff is good. Would you say he's the best big man that we've seen so far? Potentially, yeah. I mean, like, Bam Bam has been good, but we have he's kind of been hit and miss because we haven't miss. seen him a lot. I mean, but, we know Vader will probably be, good. be better than him. But... but, like, yeah, like, as far as, like, like... Earthquake makes King Kong Bundy, One Man Gang, Akeem, all look, all, all look terrible. Yeah. And he can cut a promo. None of those guys can cut a promo. Most disappointing, the second half of the show. Yeah. Like, literally... Basically, the Orient Express uh, well, match. I didn't even like the Brown-Roberts match. Oh, I like that match. I, I think mean, it was stupid, but I think that Brown and Roberts can work well together. And, like, they didn't need I the schmoz. Like, I'm literally watching these shows. Well, obviously, we're watching these shows. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just like, I just don't see the appeal of Roberts in any of these shows. Because, like, literally, every, has he gotten a pin on any of these 
shows. He's a fan I, favorite, I, obviously. I feel like every single time he goes out there, it's either a count out And or it could be one of those things where it's just like we all know at this point in time, like Robert's is a difficult guy to get along with and blah, blah, blah. But like maybe that was part of the deal. Like Roberts is obviously extremely intelligent in the match and behind the microphone. One of the more disappointing things for me is so we talked about it when we were talking about the Orient Express earlier. They beat the Rockers at WrestleMania. Yeah. But then that's they a good turn point. around and have them lose to Duggan and Volkov. Yeah. It's like a, t- a p- like two. What? Yeah. It, they're they're not even a tag team. They're no. they're a two individuals that are just teaming up as. To get on the show, I and guess? neither of them are great wrestlers. No, it's like that's like that's like uh, why why couldn't we uh, give Rockers the win then? I have no idea. Back at WrestleMania, it makes absolutely no sense. If you're going to heat a team up, then you got to keep them heated up, not just like cool them off immediately, like the next show. But this show is really really entertaining. I agree. It's I, one of the I better WWE like shows in a minute. I do like it much better now that we've gone through it. And I enjoyed it. it a lot because I watched it in two sittings. In the first half, I was like, "Damn, this is really good." And then when I started to watch the second half, I was like, "Man, didn't, didn't quite hit on all the cylinders." No, like it wasn't. I wasn't like, "Damn, this is really good wrestling." I was like, "Damn, this is really better than I expected." It's yeah. really entertaining. Like whereas with NWA, like I don't expect good promos, and I don't always expect I expect Ric Flair good promos. Yeah, and I ex- everyone else. I just yeah, kind of like it. I expect good spots. I expect wrestling. Yeah, I expect some wrestling that I mean, is too long. It's I literally expect the different blah, blah, blah. styles of yeah. the two shows. And I think that this is kind of really funny because like that last Great American Bash is kind of like W or NWA WCW kind of like firing on all cylinders in a way. Of like this is what we can do, and we're, and this is what we have right now, and we're kind of killing it. We like we're kind of doing put on like the best show we could put on this month, and then WWF doing the same thing, and they're wildly different shows, but they're both entertaining for different reasons. Agreed. Like I think they're both great shows. Who are we going with for our best performer of the night? <laughs> it's kind of I kind of want to give it to Marty Jannetty for the first match. I kind of want to give it to Sherry because her promos were incredible. Kind of want to give it to Earthquake for getting a match out of Hogan. That's true. <laughs> like I like that one. Like I like that one a lot, and it's like it's like ugh, I don't know. It's that's one of the reasons is that this WWF show is good is because there is no star, in, which is kind of a good thing on a like and the Heart Foundation match. Yeah, it's like man. And that's kind of a good... When WWF is good, there is no... At this point in time, it's like, oh, the show is entertaining all the way throughout. Anything surprising on the show? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if it was surprising, but I guess Slaughter... Hogan not in the main event. Yeah. I mean, I knew Hogan wouldn't be in the main event, but... They called it a double main event. <laughs> that's true. They did call it a double main event. Yeah, Slaughter showing up, that's, that's uh, surprising a little bit. Yeah, I was surprised um, that... Uh, I was honestly surprised that the Dusty, Macho, Sherry, Sapphire stuff got so much time on the show. That's true. Just kind of for the blow off of the... the yeah. And then the match was just not... not it's like a good. match that's not a match, and then a the, match the, that's story, not a match. The, all so. the, I think that's the surprise. The storytelling was so good, and then, and then the then match it just, was just like... Yeah. 
it's like they had a really good idea and they built it up and then here they just kind of it just pancaked all the pancaked and 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 the thing is is it took up fucking like four promo segments and like two match segments yeah and it pancaked and now for a look back even farther into the history of wrestling the dusty finish across the pacific ocean japan was becoming a hotbed of professional wrestling the japan pro wrestling alliance had been formed in 1953 as a territory to represent the nwa in japan by rikidozen a former rikishi many performers would come from the sumo ranks in the early days but many americans would come and have strong feuds Rikidozen would begin to expand into other ventures because of the success. Sadly, it would result in his death to the hands of a gangster at the peak of the JWA. After his death, the company continued to operate as the premier wrestling circuit until the late 60s, when a rival promotion that had teamed up with the AWA challenged that dominance. The JWA would continue for 10 more years until their two biggest stars decided to leave and form their own promotion. With their top stars now gone, the JWA would fold within the year. Those two promotions would become what we know today as All Japan Pro Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Antonio Inoki would run the first New Japan show on March 6, 1972, securing a TV deal by the next year, and would be overseen by the International Wrestling Grand Prix. They would team up with the National Wrestling Federation for use of their national for use of their heavyweight championship until 1983. Next week, Clash of the Champions 12, Mountain no. Madness slash Fall Brawl 90. What kind of title was that? They couldn't decide on one, so they gave them two. It turns yes. into Fall Brawl later. We all know. Yes, it, be- yeah. it does become what is known as Fall, Fall Brawl. But Mountain Madness. Not Mountains of Madness, which I think is like a HP Lovecraft story or I something. I think it's in, it might be in Tennessee. Yeah. Which know. would make sense. Maybe in West Virginia. I don't know. Which seems weird to have a show in West Virginia, but I don't remember I mean, where it whatever. is. Whatever. Virginia. Music from this week's show is the theme from SummerSlam and Unstable by Jim Johnston, which is the Warriors theme song that you're hearing right, right now. now. Oh, Coke. I mean, uh,. Rick, it's not as fun when you say Rick Rude. Rick Rude. We're just Hulk Hogan because he just Hulk. says Hulk. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. If you like this show, rate, please go rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. Tell your friends, family, mothers, fathers, uh-huh. enemies, blood feuds. Yes. Maybe it won't be a blood feud anymore. Yeah. Um, play it to your baby as it sleeps. Hey, email us on uh, WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or you can always find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX that's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X GDT the future We'll talk to you next week